Yep. All right, here we go. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is uh, Wednesday, September 13th. My name is Neil B. Smith. I am the chair of the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, and this is our regular monthly meeting. I will begin, as I always do, by kicking it over to my good friend, Abby, who will read the little staff spiel. Thank you, Daniel. I have a few housekeeping items for the Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. And now I'll turn it back over to Daniel. Great, thank you, Abby. So uh, following that, we will move on to our roll call, see who all is here. Um, and I will begin with Marlo. Present. And then Mary, I believe, is out of town. Uh, so Dina. Present. Marciana. I said, oh, great. Hi, Marciana. Uh, and then Rebecca, who I do not see. And Jill says she could not be here, unfortunately. And so then Tim. Present. And then uh, last but not least, I, I will I will uh, ask Brooke to, to uh, state if she is present. Present. Uh, and this isn't on the agenda, but um, Brooke is a new commissioner who's joining us this evening. So if you wouldn't mind just briefly introducing yourself and maybe say very briefly how like how what, I sort got of, what sort of background in arts and culture uh, yeah, brought, you, brought you to this little table. Sure. My name is Brooke Donovan. I arrived here because I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Communication and Theater from Emporia State. So I'm very much into the performing arts aspect. Cool. Great. Thank you uh, for that introduction, and thanks for volunteering mm -hmm. your time for this this board. Um, following that, I will move to the approval of the minutes. I don't know if anybody has had a time to look over the minutes. If anybody has found any egre egregious mistakes or uh, things they would like to um, have changed. If not, as always, I will uh, entertain a motion to approve them. So moved. This is Tim. Thank you, Tim. And can I get a second? This is Dina, I'll second. Thank you, Dina. Uh, I will once again do a roll call, starting with Marlo. Approved. And then Dina? Approved. And then Marciana? Mm -hmm. Approved. And then Tim? Approve. And Brooke? Approve. And I will also approve. Uh, approval of the minutes shall pass unanimously, cruising right along through this agenda. Um, we will get to public comment, <clears throat> the always uh, dramatic and exciting public comment. Um, I don't know if anybody online has public comment to make? If so, uh, unmute yourself or raise your, your hand. I don't see anybody here present with us in person. Hearing none, I will move on from the always exciting public comment section to new business, where we've got a, quite a number of items, beginning with a mural proposal. I think last month, it's hard to remember, last month we had two mural proposals. This month we only have one. Uh, but it's a good one. At least mm -hmm. I, I won't. I won't uh, get ahead of myself. So if um, somebody, I, I believe maybe Cindy is, is online to talk a little bit about this proposal, maybe go over some some of the details. Hi, Cindy. Welcome. Um, actually, this is Margaret Weiss Brad Morris. Cindy um, couldn't be here today. So um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm the 
CEO of the Lawrence Art Center, and I'm here with Andy Smith, who is our Youth Education Director, who is really acting as um, the point person on the creation of this mural within the building. Um, thank you all so much for taking the time today to review the proposal. And also, I just want to thank you for all the great work you do for the creative community in Lawrence. I know you all are volunteers, um, and I served on the commission a long, long, long time ago, and I know um, the work it takes, and so I wanted to make sure you all know how much um, your service is appreciated. Um, should I just launch right into kind of reviewing our proposal with you all? Sure, thank you for the kind words, and yeah, feel free to say as much or as little about the proposal as, as you'd like. We, we've all had a chance to review it at this point. Okay, great. Well, I'll just kind of whip through it, and then I'll also turn it over to Andy to talk a little bit about um, um, his work with JT Daniels, and then just if you guys have questions or anything, then we'll we'll take it from there. Margaret, um, just to I have uh, the proposal up, and I will share uh, my screen if that's helpful to you as you're going through it. I can. I can. I hear my. I, yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go for it. Hopefully. Okay. All right. Now go to security. It looks like she's. Oh, she's got it. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, here up. Here we go. Um, first of all, this mural uh, is made possible through a grant from the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. Um, we uh, received the grant and commissioned JT Daniels to design and paint the gateway. Um, which we're, we're calling it a gateway. It's really a mural on both sides of an alleyway, right adjacent to our 10th and Mass Street studios. Um, and it'll, it's, it's in the alleyway that runs parallel to Mass Street and it would be visible from 10th Street going in both directions. Um, oops, a little crazy with the thing there. Um, so some of the, I'll show you some of the photos and this, just some of the mock-ups on here. I think JT did a really good job of um, kind of laying out what it would, look like. Um, right now this is a view, the current view of panoramic of the alleyway as it appears right now. As you can see that there's, there's, um, we've spoken quite a few times with the landlord who owns these buildings and about the graffiti that appears on here. He actually lives down kind of in a loft at the end and frequently he uses this as his kind of walkway to, to mastery. So he's always very aware of the graffiti that is going on in the alleyway. And um, sometimes, occasionally, as we all know, graffiti can be beautiful, but a lot of times it's tagging and can be, you know, other things that aren't so so great. So um, anyway, so it kind of came about after having a conversation with him about the graffiti. And as you all know, graffiti um, murals can be a, a graffiti deterrent. And so that's kind of how idea was born. Um, so you read, I'm sure I'm not going to go over the technical feasibility. Basically, JT is a very, very accomplished muralist and he's had work. Um, he's done work in lots of work in Kansas City. He's done work here, I believe, in Lawrence as well and Topeka. This is um, a mock-up of, of what it would look like. This one right here, um, the, the one that's in white, is just to show the scale of what it would appear on the, on the, on the wall. And the two pictures on the bottom are the kind of the final designs, one on each side, the east wall and the west wall. Um, <clears throat> you know, basically the project of this goal is, um, the goal of this project, the goal of this pro 
project is to really honor the, I mean, Lawrence has such a great and vibrant, robust, creative community, and there's so much of that activity that happens downtown, so the idea was to really honor that activity um, with this mural, so depicting artists, musicians, performers, creator, you know, creators at work, um, and to instill a sense of pride in that. Um, to also create a visual anchor on, um, on 10th Street in downtown. Um, of course, I believe that it would beautify and add character to the neighborhood and also would add to the city's um, collection of public art, the murals that are in the here. There's lots of murals happening. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of the basics here. Um, I will turn it over to Andy at this point to talk a little bit about his work with JT Daniels and also um, some of how the work will happen because the, he will involve, JT will do the work, but he will also involve our youth curatorial group called uh, Hang 12. So Andy, are you ready? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Andy. I'm the director of Youth Education at the Arts Center. And um, I first became aware of JT's work uh, through an exhibition at the Arts Center. And I think Margaret had the idea for um, pursuing this, uh, uh, working with him on the, on the, on the mural. And um, he came, and so that was, um, it seemed like a perfect fit. He's very, he's in high demand, and so we were lucky to, to have him uh, available to mock up these ideas for us. And he came to visit with me, um, I guess last spring, on a busy Saturday morning and a beautiful day downtown Lawrence. And, um, and he hasn't spent much time here, and so we talked a lot about the things that happen at the Arts Center, but also everything like, all the creative thing that go up and happens up and down uh, Mass Street, um, you know, here in Lawrence. And so he took those ideas back and um, using his style, which incorporates a lot of figures and focuses on community and uh, self-empowerment and um, um, personal, you know, pride in your own personal identity and being who you are, um, came up with these designs. And so he's eager to, to work with the Lawrence community and um, and be uh, part of our public art collection here. And as Margaret mentioned, um, I'm one of the facilitators for our Hang 12 Collective, which is a group of high school students that promote um, promote art um, in general, but also think about ways of getting art outside of the galleries and connecting with our, our creative community. And so this would be a great opportunity for those students to learn from JT and be a part of this process. Um, and we expect to there be opportunities to maybe bring other um, other groups in through the through the process of the creating the mural. But of course, it's going to be um, something that everyone can engage with when it's complete. Um, we also so just so we we often have kind of a you know there's a lot of when you put art up in a public space, it's not just your art. It's, everyone's art and when it becomes public and so we really um, made sure we want we connected with the neighbors and showed them the designs and talked to them about the mural and so we got letters from them or they signed a just a you know a statement of support for the mural so um no surprises immediate neighbors and the building owners and all that kind of stuff they're all um very supportive and excited about the project Great, thank you for, for, for bringing this to us and, and for that excellent proposal, both of you, thanks for being here. Um, at this point, I'm curious if any of my fellow commissioners have any questions, any comments they'd like to make um, about the proposal or the, the, the artwork contained within. 
Uh, this is Dina Amont. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Andy. I want to thank you for your really wonderful proposal. I think um, uh, it's it came together so well. Um, I think it's a great location, too. Um, and I especially love the way that uh, you know what I'm going to say next. I especially love the way that you're incorporating the Hang 12 group into um, working on it um, with the artist. I think um, I really support it. This is Marlo. I would add to that, and I have the familiarity with this mm -hmm. artist. He was a benefit art auction, mm -hmm. featured artist a few years ago, but he's a BIPOC artist. And I think the contemporary nature of his work will add to the downtown landscape and really stand out for some other murals that are there. So I'm really excited about the project. I will, uh, I guess I, I will agree that um, I, I am enthusiastic about this project. I remember the, I remember when, when JT ha had an exhibit at the Art Center. It was great. I, I'm a big fan of his work in general. Um, I think it will fit the space well. Um, hopefully the graffiti artists who, who currently have their work displayed there won't, won't uh, be too upset, but um, <laughs> there is an ephemeral nature to street art, so I, I think that they'll, they'll be okay <coughs> with seeing a more permanent installation. Um, and yeah, I think it's really great. Um, obviously, uh, as long as you know the, the neighbors approve, that's a big hurdle, and it looks like you've got a lot of signatures from the folks who are right in the vicinity. So um, I, uh, I personally am, am just excited about the, the project and, and uh, happy to potentially entertain a motion to send on our recommendation to the city commission. To, to approve this. Uh, Mr. Chair, I just want to add, so we are, you know, as we do with every mural proposal, we have to run it through Historic Resources Commission and also the signed code, usually just for administrative review. Um, so I'm still waiting to hear back from the signed code um, administrator. And our Historic Resources person just had a concern, but she needs to go look at the site. Um, because there is a, a very stringent um, effort to not paint on unpainted brick. But I believe this is painted brick, and I think I'm seeing that. So I think, I don't know what she'll say, but I have to get. So I just want everybody to understand that you guys can approve this, but there are two more steps that I have to go through before we can put it onto a city commission agenda item for final approval. Porter, this is Tim. So is that, I, I, I've always been a little bit confused about this paint on unpainted brick thing. So is that paint on unpainted brick of historical structures yes sorry it's, oh. it's not yeah I mean generally speaking okay. any historical building that's made out of brick downtown there's a, a general rule to not paint on it of course sometimes graffiti lands on these and that type of thing um, but when people are seeking approval then we have to just take a look at that so and she's aware of this but she needs to go look at it she thought there was um, she had a concern about the west or east side what did I say in my email Again, I think it's, you know, we'll work through this, but I just want to be clear to everybody that this isn't um, completely finalized yet. Doesn't mean you guys can't approve it for the aesthetic mm -hmm. value. Right. I'm just, I'm just sharing the, what the walls currently look like. So you can see here there's, um, there's paint on it, <laughs> and then on, in here there's, there's also paint on it. So um, there you go. Okay, with all that in mind, uh, this is Tim. I'm going to move that we approve um, the mural proposal that's been submitted uh, by Cindy. Great. Thank you, Tim. Uh, 
Can I get a second to pass along our recommendation? This is Dina. I'm on. I'll second. Thank you, Dina. I will do a roll call vote now, starting with Marlo. Approve. And then Dina. Approve. And then Marciana. Approve. And then Tim. Approve. And then Brooke. Approve. And I shall also approve. Uh, it will pass unanimously. Hopefully those other two uh, <coughs> groups also give you the, the same sort of approval, but I'm happy that we could be the first to give you a thumbs up. This, this project looks great. I'm really glad to, to bring this individual to our community. Um, the work in Kansas City, Topeka is great. So thank you so much for stopping by and, and I, chatting I have with to us. add two cents here. Go for it. So I was on a committee in Kansas City, Missouri when we did a mural program and we, we actually hosted JT's first oh. large scale mural oh. in KC. Oh. So I just, I just want to say I have goosebumps. Because I saw JT and I've seen a few of his murals. And to see the success of this young man is really phenomenal. So he really is a great role model and mentor for younger people. And I'm just thrilled for him. I didn't want to say anything to influence you prior to the vote, but I had to put that, put that in because he's a really good guy. Sure. And, 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 and shout out to the Kansas, what is it, the KCAIC for, for, for funding this. They, they've put, put a lot of money into great work in our community. So thanks all around. Thank you, everybody, for having us and for the approval. And fingers crossed on the rest of the process. And um, just reach out to Andy or myself if there's any concerns or questions in the future about it. Thank you. Great, thank Will. you. I'll be in thank touch. You. Thank you. Thanks, all. Thanks, Thanks for your work. Bye. All right, that is one agenda item under new business down. Moving along, we, we have agenda item number B, which is our good friend Nick Carswell, who's, who's joined us here in person to talk a little bit about the Lawrence Music Alliance. So thank you for being here. Go ahead and introduce yourself or yeah. take it away. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I am Nick Carswell. I am, do have a PowerPoint slides. Of course, you have to. Uh, Nick Carswell, I'm a musician here in town. Carswell Hope is my um, band. Um, I also, uh, I'm an Irishman. I had a record label at home in Ireland. Uh, that we restructured, there we go, uh, called Silly Goose Records. We restructured it as a, as a kind of an open collective for music um, almost 10 years ago. Um, and that's kind of a lot of the context and structure for how we organize around music. I've always been uh, a big supporter as well as making my own music and concerned with making sure that the music scene is uh, vibrant and healthy and uh, supported where we can fill that need. Uh, I'm also uh, one of the founders of the Lawrence Music Alliance, which I'm going to talk about more about. And I'm also a field rep for the organization you just mentioned, the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission, um, looking at creative industries for that group too. So I'm glad they, as they should be, I think, getting mentions in this with this meeting, uh, with this group. So um, the next slide, let's see. Um, yeah, so I, I, I want to give you some context around music ecosystems because that's really where this effort began. Uh, before the pandemic, we had some conversations at the state level with KCAIC, uh, and we still are uh, doing that work um, now as a field rep. Um, so it, it's it's an interesting field in uh, exploring how we can support music ecosystems, what, what an actual music ecosystem is, what it means um, to support it, to be strategic with your music ecosystem, and uh, who the stakeholders are, what, what uh, data looks like, and what supports are there. So there is a web 
page there, and this is an effort that's kind of go, goes back to about 2019. We had our first major convening after the pandemic in 2021 here in Lawrence at the Cider Gallery. Um, and we also pulled in from regional and really national um, sources who are kind of experts in this. Music ecosystems can also sometimes be talked about as the nighttime economy, where it expands from music to other things that happen uh, in cities in at night. Uh, other ideas around the 18-hour city and how to make sure that cities are safe and active and both um, socially, culturally, and um, economically, and, and, and actually just safe. So it leads to public safety and all kinds of ordinances and strategic uh, strategies that a city can pursue to have a vibrant nightlife, vibrant music economy, and the ecosystem is kind of the highest level of thinking about all of those things. There is also, uh, I wanted to mention, there's something some cities have adopted a nightmare that's N-I-G-H-T-M-A-Y-O-R. <laughs> so somebody who specifically is, is responsible for that nighttime, uh, nighttime economy. Um, and that's, that's kind of a burgeoning role within cities. Um, in, yeah, so, so that's some of the context. Uh, on the next slide, I actually have stolen from, or borrowed, excuse me, from the Kaufman Foundation. Appropriated. Uh, appropriated, yeah. yes. Uh, sharing as is they're welcome to do, and it's on their website. They have some great resources, generally about ecosystems, entrepreneurial ecosystems, but um, for our context, we're looking at uh, creatives, um, musicians, cultural uh, ecosystems. This, the principle is kind of the same. I do like this graphic, this idea of dense networks um, where uh, um, uh, strategies and, and resources are in place where ideas can move quickly, things can happen quickly. Um, what isn't listed on here are kind of the basics in, in that talent um, exists in, in the community or the ecosystem, that there are resources for the talent to have, you know, the, the basic needs to foster skills and develop talents and start businesses, etc. But these are some of the pieces that are, I think, are most interesting where we can start to um, look at this broader context of an ecosystem and see where we can plug in, especially with music so champions and conveners I'm not going to read the whole slide here but these are some of the pieces that um, you know we we think are relevant to where we can support the music ecosystem here in Lawrence on ramps accessibility um, are obviously very important that everybody gets the opportunity to participate in the ecosystem we also use the word community music community the scene sometimes is more palatable music scene but it's all the same concept and then particularly exciting, of course, is where intersections happen and um, people from different aspects, different sectors can interact and support the ecosystem. And then this idea of sharing our story as a community, as an ecosystem, as a, again, uh, uh, as a cultural uh, entity or, or that identity feeds into, our, our, of course, our unmistakable identity and telling that story outwardly uh, that could also lead to promoting uh, Lawrence musicians or businesses or cultural output around the region in, or, you know, internationally. Why not? So just some concepts around ecosystem, again, just framing this in that top level discussion. Thanks, Abby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so we've also developed, you know, some more tools just to convey the work that we're trying to do. Um, this is kind of the, all these things are happening at once is the first thing I want to say. So stakeholder engagement can involve bringing groups together, convening, uh, networking is hugely important. Um, and then advocating once that, you know, once stakeholder engagement is active and, and vibrant, we can then really be sure that we're, um, advocating for the needs and um, of those stakeholders. Uh, strategic development really feeds back to, again, that top idea 
well, at least this is where we've come from about what, what is possible in ecosystem development. What are the policies that cities or states or any kind of municipal government can implement and being strategic about making sure that um, the ecosystem is vibrant and supported. But there's a lot of research in that. That's uh, the, And that's how we try to stay connected to some of the best practices, some of the exciting ideas again, that other places are doing, see what's relevant. Uh, and just be thinking strategically within the ecosystem. And then at the same time, we are conscious of piloting programming, actually doing things that impact uh, the ecosystem, hiring musicians where we can, uh, pilot through pilot programs, etc. And I'm not, I wasn't sure where the best place to, to slot this in, but we've, you know, we have had some, um, you know, progress on that. For, and, I, and I'm pointing at Abby because we worked together with Porter uh, on Summerfest, which was one kind of uh, was a, um, a touch point on all of these. Really, um, again, looking into the future, how the Music Alliance can fulfill the needs. We worked with Abby to identify musicians, to find the contractors who would provide the stage for the Lawrence's public uh, 4th of July Independence Day celebrations. So, um, yeah, I'll reference some some actual things, but that was a great one. It was positive and we, you know, trying things and making sure, and musicians got paid that day and people were entertained and uh, overall uh, it was a great success as a pilot. So if we go on, some of the other things that the Music Alliance is now doing, and um, I guess there is a bit of a gap between um, the, this ecosystem discussion and uh, the connection that uh, really kind of moved things forward was with um, uh, the economic development part department from the city and we all went uh, quite a few of us went to a music cities convention uh, Marlowe was there last uh, November in Tulsa and that was where we were kind of exposed again to a lot of that top level idea ideas it's kind of a lot of the thinkers working this field gathered in, in Tulsa it was only a, a short drive away so we kind of jumped at that opportunity and then on the basis of that with discussions with Britt Crumcano at the city and the working group that she was hoping to fulfill for some of the um, strategic development, strategic plan, uh, her parts of, of the strategic plan. So we're really coming at this from an economic development perspective primarily, and we have done so far. But uh, that's kind of so the Lawrence Music Alliance serves as a working group towards those goals and of course those outcomes and the performance indicator is something we're aware of and uh, geared towards but in the meantime the stakeholder engagement is a huge part of this so yeah we're meeting bi-monthly the Mixmaster Conference I'm going to talk about in just a second uh, we do have plans for more programs around training professional development we have a lot of connections um, to musicians who are uh, advanced in their career have a lot of experience and um peer-to-peer -peer training and networking, which we plan to completely <coughs> capitalize on. And then, of course, we, you know, part of the stakeholder engagement is we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram account, and we're growing our mailing list. So they're just some of the practical steps that we've taken thus far. Yeah, thank you, Abby. And then we are starting to form, these are really working documents, but I wanted to share them because, um, you know, we, it is important that this is done in a very visible, transparent, and um, open way. So our vision uh, does mention the city uh, in, in its kind of concept, and also that kind of speaks to how we feel the Music Alliance can fill some gaps just around communication and around organizing. Um, but obviously, of course, um, 
shared goals with this commission, I would imagine, and many of the arts supporters in the city, uh, you know, for a vibrant uh, and engaging community where musicians can, can create and thrive and grow. We also have honed this down on the next slide. Please, Abby, thank you. Uh, just to, to kind of hone it down even further and just put some of those kind of action words on it. So we do aim to advocate for um, the music community as much as we can. Obviously, that only works if we're engaged and making sure that we're listening and therefore representing. But advo advocacy, there's not many groups that advocate for musicians uh, in any kind of organized fashion. It's a major gap in the ecosystem and in the in the industry. Uh, so we, as I mentioned, again, Summerfest is an example of consulting with the city. We were able to do that and uh, to a good end. And then, so supporting the development of the music industry, I wanted to mention another program that came out of this work, um, the National Independent Venue Association is uh, is what it sounds like. They also have a foundation that was formed during the pandemic, so it's the National Independent Venue Foundation. They're very interested in workforce development, and both at the state level and just um, from our own experience, there's a there's a lack of uh, workforce development in music. So they have a program which was just launched uh, earlier this year uh, called the Vox program, where they're connecting uh, venues with interns for a paid internship. Uh, they did one round and we managed to connect with them. And sooner than I thought, they actually, we, we managed to get into the second round in by connecting Lawrence venues to this national organization. And the Granada now is one of the uh, recipients of that, which is outside money coming into the state. It's also obviously part of the strategy is, to, is the actual training of these people themselves. But it's a paid internship. So the venue is paid for their time in hosting the intern. The intern gets paid and also gets to go to the, um, the uh, conference their annual conference so it's just you know it's it's low-hanging fruit but it's it's a great uh, it's a great start for these kinds of uh, the support that we're looking for and the way that we can fill in um, some of those gaps so on the next slide then yeah and I just wanted to reference this the Mixed Master Music Conference was last Saturday. Uh, this was supported by a community arts grant from this commission, as well as economic development funding and funding from the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission also. So we had about 100 people at Lawrence Public Library. We were there from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, this is actually a, a program that I've run uh, under Silly Goose Records, kind of coming back full circle. This is the 10th year we've, we've, pr we've had this program. It's the first in-person year since 2019, and it's the first year back in Lawrence, uh, it had it had been hosted in Kansas City as part of the Crossroads Music Festival since 2017. So we're very happy to have it back here in Lawrence. Um, yeah, it's a long day of programming, lots of great discussions. Um, we were very pleased with the turnout, lots of folks that we, uh, younger folks who we weren't familiar with, honestly, um, uh, and who were a lot of energy and excitement. And, uh, you know, that's, again, I don't pair that directly with workforce development, but it's important that, you know, obviously we have younger folks coming through, um, diverse music styles, diverse backgrounds, and um, yeah, excited and with a lot of energy for the music industry. So lots of um, useful information that was shared, lots of networking. And this picture, actually, I do need credit. Um, most of these are from Falia Fani, a photographer, but uh, the one at the bottom left is taken from the Lawrence Times, and that they posted a great article. So if you 
uh, if you haven't seen that, I encourage you to check that out. It really, really captured kind of what we're trying to do, as well as the impact of this particular person in the bottom left corner, Rachel Chang, whose music was featured in a demo dip. And um, yeah, it was a it was a nice moment to actually hear some music and to see uh, the impact in real time and the and the effect of supporting their music and the idea that they can you know that they have support and they can develop it and they're welcome to do that here in Lawrence. So yeah, that's. Um, I'm happy to take any questions. I think the only other slide is my contact details. But that's an update for, from the Lawrence Music Alliance. Any questions, I'll be happy to entertain. Or Porter, if I missed anything. I'm open to nudges and cues. You did it very well. You know your subject <laughs> very well. Oh. No, it's been a pleasure. Actually, Nick and I go way back. Um, we actually mm -hmm. worked together when I was in Kansas City, and he was involved in Interurban Art House. Um, and then you worked a lot on our cultural plan, right? Um, and also did asset management and develop. So mm -hmm. Nick has been so involved in various ways, and nothing has really kind of caught on yet. Right. <laughs> so I'm thrilled that finally it seems like this niche is really starting to to um, blossom. Yeah. Um, and it started actually with economic development through Brit. Right. Um, and Brit is very much tuned into this now and looking at from her perspective, her lens at the economic development side and seeing how it blends with the unmistakable identity side that I'm representing, so. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of what we know um, just from living in Lawrence and, and uh, being consumers and engaged in the arts community, uh, it, it, we know what we kind of know already, the data. I think Porter and I both have an appreciation for how data and economic data, especially uh, research and, and numbers can really help move these these kinds of efforts along. Ecosystem development is a long game, is a long strategic development. It takes time. But um, yeah, there's something there's something about momentum so it feels like we have it here at the moment and I will say uh, you know I do work with the state as well and really anything we do here in Lawrence is a, is a pilot for the rest of the state so Lawrence is really a leader um, you know we we, we we like to think we are already, and we are. And uh, anything that we pilot here, um, it can be replicated across the state. And thankfully, with that connection with the through KCAIC and their great work, um, yeah, we can share ideas. Every community is different, so I don't need to get into that too much. But we are looking at other communities across the state as well. And then the idea that you know this effort could actually, you know, Lawrence could be a leader within Kansas, and and then Kansas can then become a leader in the region. So that's really some of the long-term goals. Just with that in mind, there is a Music Cities convention is happening in Huntsville, Alabama in October, which we'll be attending. Uh, we also just announced a call for um, a, there's a conference called the Free State, uh, excuse me, Folk Alliance International, which is a major conference that happens in Kansas City. We actually, through a partnership with the Heartland Song Network and supported by a grant from the Doug Dubois Harmony Fund, which is a family foundation here in Lawrence, we're going to have a Lawrence room at that conference, which puts Lawrence artists and, and primarily Lawrence artists uh, showcasing this huge, you know, it's it's pretty much global. Um, so artists who want to book tours can um, Lawrence artists will be kind of celebrating showcase there. So those again, there's some um, while all of this development work, which is slow and and uh, takes time. There's lots of uh, you know real things to get excited about that are that are right on the horizon. So this is Tim. I you know I really applaud what you're doing. Um, I think it's taking off because there's a, a really big need for it, you know. I mean, we think of musicians as the people who jump up on stage and, and, and those are the ones that people see, but mm -hmm. 
about 80% of them nobody sees, and they don't have that network, and they don't have that ecosystem to work within. So um, this is going to just continue to grow, and I'm really happy that you're doing it. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for the support as well. Uh, we we compensated about 25 musicians through Mixmaster, um, small honorariums mostly, but um, we were actually, that was a big, in organizing that conference, asking musicians to give their time for free for a conference was didn't feel great. So through the grant support that we got, we were able to compensate people to some degree. And um, you know that's a very important as we as we're asking people to be involved in this effort that we value their time. So. Well, and and I hope that next year everybody goes you know and checks it. It was a great event. I really enjoyed attending it. So, bravo. Try and outgrow our space. Then will be the next challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm glad we were, were able to support the event, obviously. Um, thank you for the presentation. I I, um, I I feel like, for me, the ecosystem thing really strikes home because I, I feel like, for me, I, I've essentially gr grew up in Lawrence. You know, I've been here forever. And one of the things Lawrence has always had has been the music scene. Um, and we, it's been something which is reliably strong for so long that I feel like people kind of take it for granted. And I've been to a lot of other communities that don't have do not have a thriving music scene. And so for me, I've always thought it was important to stop and ask the question of like, why? Like, yes, we have we have a great music scene. You know, when I was in high school, when I was in college, there's always been, you know, bands and shows. Um, it's It's been very reliable, but not taking that for granted and realizing that just because it has been that way doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be that way and that we need to actually put effort into sustaining and cultivating that so that it continues to be this the starting thing. I did have a question, though. As yeah. far as the Lawrence Music Alliance is concerned, what is the actual leadership look like? It, it's it's we're it's still developing, honestly. Um, we we it's very important for us at this stage that we're very open. Um, so we haven't we haven't decided what it means to be a member of the Lawrence Music Alliance, uh, but that is on the. We've also had conversations in these monthly meetings about um, which came from. F members, folks who showed up, uh, about you know values, naming those values, being are having strategy, and um, and being clear about that, and getting engagement and buy-in from the folks who show up. But um, I mean, I we we're it's unclear right now. We're going to have to have a non-profit uh, arm or, or under an umbrella just in to continue this effort. So that's that's something we're working on, um, and that obviously would have a structure with it. But you know, we're we're kind of we're letting the um, the community decide that um, as, as best we can while of course doing what we can and within the confines that we have so you know being a non-profit will obviously um, make things easier in terms of we can even you know raise other grants leverage other sources of income but um, yeah we, I, I don't have that answer right now I mean I invite you to come to a meeting and you can be part of the the group that decides that i mean that's that's really our ethos and um it's very important that it's open right now because we uh, we don't see any benefit to enforcing kind of structure and leadership like that um we can do what what we feel needs to be done uh collectively cooperatively uh when and where do you meet monthly so we've moved it around quite a bit. Um, the, honestly, the, the conference was last Saturday. That was our big uh, touch point. I wasn't projecting much into the future now beyond last Saturday. But it's, it's what is it, Tuesday, Wednesday? It's already uh, way past it. So, um, and, uh, but it is a good strategy to move it around as well. Mm -hmm. So we've had meetings at the Cider Gallery, the Art Love Collective, the Bottleneck um, the library and other yeah to move it around the community would be would be our goal and every other month um for a general meeting but we're also you know we want to be um 
nimble and respond to if there's issues that come up. There was, you know, um, there was an online discussion around ticket prices, which is something that piqued a lot of ears. Um, and I think there are some, and this just reminds me of, while you were talking, Daniel, you know, some of the, some of the things that come up are systemic to the music industry and not at all unique to Lawrence. And that's, it's interesting to note that uh, as opposed to some challenges and some, and some advantages that are unique to Lawrence. So um, just as we have those discussions, we want to be able to move around and respond quite a lot. But, uh, you know, a, month, a monthly, uh, well, every other month, but a certain day and time of the month is, of course, as you guys know, uh, a good strategy. But we're kind of floating for, for, for right now. Yeah, the, the, the mailing list and the Facebook group is kind of where, how we're staying in touch. Yeah, and the, those are both available. Right now, lawrencemusicalliance.com is just a landing page, um, but you can subscribe to our e- email list there. And yeah, you'd be, you'd be the first to know when the next meetings are. I'm excited about this because the Arts Commission has been advocating to get the word out about the economic benefits of the art industry. We had that Ernst & Young study that the city did, what was it, 2019, Porter? It seemed like it was pre-pandemic and we were so excited. And then the pandemic happened and things just kind of went inside for a little while. So having programs like this, which are specific to a particular art industry, I think are phenomenal. And I think it's something that we can use to advocate for ourselves as the greater art good for the community. So I'm really excited about the work you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, other sectors have had more support than music has, or, you know, historically. So we're also looking to friends and partners. It's hugely important to to see what what we don't have to reinvent um, as much as possible. There's lots of good inspiration for sure. Great. Well, thank you for, for popping in this evening and yeah. kind of catching us up on a lot of what Lawrence Music Alliance is about. Uh, I don't know if, if Marciano or anybody online has any other comments, but speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, the uh, You're welcome to stay for the rest of Actually, uh, the Daniel, if I may sure, yeah. interject, since we have... Mr. Carswell here. Yes. Um, he reminded me of something exciting that he did, and since he's here, if you would mo- indulge us for a few moments, um, we want to show you that, and I'll let you take it from here and explain <laughs> what you did, because it's really great. Uh, yeah, so this is my... I- my other hat, take off one hat and put on another. I work for Audio Reader, Kansas Audio Reader, uh, part of the University of Kansas, of course. We are an audio information service uh, that makes print materials accessible to folks with visual impairments, blind individuals, and print disabilities. And uh, yeah, I mean, for a long time, I've, I've always wanted to do um, something with the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture program. We do, we have a program called Audio Description. Mostly it's around live events, live theater, where we describe um, through a headset and that um, our patrons put on headphones and we have somebody describing the visual action to kind of fill in uh, the, that part of the experience. So this generally falls under audio description if that's just to, to tag the concept. But I mean really also the uh, the brochures, printed materials, we've also just read the tea lift manual for, for the city for any folk, uh, which is of course for people with disabilities to get around town. That wasn't available in an audio format. Um, there's lots of challenges in general around accessing material but um scroll down yeah so my so everything from the brochure has an audio component oh that's awesome so and that's i will great. i have to sculpture oh sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, i was going to tell you that i listened to a number of these and it's it's actually like somebody reading you a story 
It's very soothing. Yeah, actually, I was really, but it's it's wonderful. I think yeah. it's fantastic. So this, this is really just the brochure uh, that outlines the different, um, obviously the different sculptures. Uh, you know, I'd love to uh, to have as a goal to do a tour and maybe a tour where uh, we could have somebody describing them in person. Or I don't know what the rules are around touching these sculptures, but obviously that tactile sensation would be something a visually impaired folks would benefit from. Uh, but you know, our kind of ba bare um, standard, the bare minimum we can do is if it's in print materials, that's obviously not accessible to some individuals. So audio is kind of the easiest way. We use SoundCloud um, just as a really easy streaming platform. Um, yeah, so uh, the audio version, you can, if you want to play the introduction, that has the nice production on it, Abby. This is a production of the Audio Reader Network. It is intended for individuals who are unable to read standard print materials due to blindness, vision loss, and other disabilities. Visit reader.ku.edu for more information. Lawrence, Kansas Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition 2023. Welcome to the 34th Annual Outdoor Sculpture Exhibition. So yeah, it's really after that, it's just an audio version of, of what anyone who wanted to pick up the brochure um, but can't read it, and they have this available. So hopefully we can get it linked maybe on the website. We're, uh, you know, we're, tr we're just, want to make sure that we're available as much as possible audio reader and um, partner with with anyone who needs our services something we could share on social media Abby like could Parks and Rec put that out and we can share it yeah let me look into that okay. um, I would love to <laughs> and I want to add I mean I would be happy to do a tour yeah for a group of people and we can figure out touching maybe we won't tell if we touch okay yeah <laughs> the thrills i've always been a fan as a, as a sculptor mm -hmm. myself like you gotta touch it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i feel like quite a few of the pieces are are like explicitly mm -hmm. you can yeah. touch them mm -hmm. right they're, they're pretty resilient yeah so yeah i think it's a great idea nick told me about this it kind of registered and then he sent this and i started listening i was like oh my gosh this is absolutely fantastic so i'm glad you were here yeah. to share that and I will, the only thing, other thing I want to say uh, on this is that, um, and we've had this conversation with the Arts Centre and various presenters in town, um, you know, making things accessible is one thing, actually engaging with the audience of folks with disabilities who can use this service, that's the, actually the more challenging bit. This is something I can do quite easily with, with my skill set, but, um, you know, generally um, accessibility is something I'm, I'm very passionate about as well with Audio Reader, that's my day job. Um, but, it, it, you know, it takes a kind of a community effort to make sure that we're including people. Yeah. And Nick, uh, this is Dina Amat. Uh, I'm just curious, how, so how did the connection come about? Did you just come across the brochure and think this was a good idea well, to do? Or how did that? Stay in touch, and so uh, he knows you know, the program, yeah. your program. So I think that's where it started. So I was just curious how, yeah. how the connection came about. I always just thought it was a good kind of, because it's out in this public art, you know, um, and again, it's that kind of um, base level, you know, signage and um, public transport. These are some of the things that um, are, it's pretty obvious that we all have um, a vested interest in making, making sure these are accessible. So I think that combined with just my own arts appreciation and seeing these pieces and, um, yeah, it just, it just seems like uh, an obvious thing to me. Uh, and then, of course, it's part of my, my job to make these accessible where I can. So, I was just thinking of how can we keep this sort of in the forefront of other 
other uh, venues or other situations where we can make sure that we have um, an audio, uh, an accessible version of other things that we do. Yeah, the um, I know the Arts Roundtable meeting that uh, Explorer Lawrence runs, this has come up a few times at those mm. casually, and I think Kim was, was hoping to make, uh, Kim Ansbach was hoping to have accessibility as a topic for that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'd be happy to come back more uh, to talk more on that. I, the big point, again, is that it's it's not just audio reader that, that can do it. And in some mm -hmm. cases, we're not the best people to actually reach out to these uh, the folks who would use this service. Uh, I think it needs a kind of a higher level um, uh, commitment from the community, from all presenters. And at the state level, we actually have an accessibility. Christy Dobson is the accessibility field rep um, from KCAIC, so she could certainly come and talk to you all about mm. pursuing that That'd effort. That'd be great if yeah. Christy came here. Yeah, so I think Audio Reader would, would really just be one of a, of a group who should be a part of this effort. But we can certainly do the piece um, like you just heard. Mm -hmm. That's the bit we mm. can do. Thank you. Great, thank you. And, yeah. and I will take you up on that effort. I'll show up at one of those the Lawrence Music Alliance meetings. So oh, I think yeah. I think going forward, it'll be nice to keep our groups in, in touch and we'd be happy to keep that communication going. Yeah, we'd happy to come come and report. And uh, when we have certain things, new and exciting things, we'd love to share them. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you, Nick. Thank yeah, you. thanks so much. Moving right along, we've got a, quite a few agenda items left. Up next, we have number C in new business, which is reviewing the 2024 draft of the Community Arts Grants Guidelines. This was all sent out to everybody. Um, hopefully, people had a chance to take a look at it. Um, and maybe people have some, some comments. Thank you. See you, Nick. So um, the Phoenix Award Committee so I updated this according to request from the committee, sent it back to the committee, committee reviewed it. This is the final version. There's one little note in here that I just have to clarify with our finance department. Um, but basically just wanted to sort of run this by everybody, make sure that everybody's amenable to this. Um, Cause we do have a, um, a schedule coming up of trying to get, of getting this out so people can start applying. And we did, you know, Marlo, a lot, a lot of it was increasing staff review um, and doing the two, two um, application process methods so people can submit a pre-application. Okay. So we can go review that, give them some notes and stuff, and then they can come back with a um, final application. Daniel B. Smith, I, I've been privy to every step of this process, so I don't, I don't have any, any any notes. If anybody else does, feel free to speak up. If not, uh, I, this isn't something we, need, we actually need to vote on. This is just a no. I think you know, as up. long as there is this a consensus kind of situation, where as long as you all are amenable, nobody's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? You're all crazy. And if you will just sort of grace staff to, we'll tweak as we need to, like on that note and things. But and I might have to adjust some of these dates as I'm looking through it, but. Um, I think everything's here, so we really just wanted to have you guys give it a last look and say, do exactly what Tim's doing. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> so that's great. Okay. That was easy. Great. Yeah, hopefully the next few items will also be easy because we do have quite a few. And it's already getting a little bit late. So um, up next, we're right into old business, um, first of which is discussing the 2% for art resolution. 
Well, I'm going to bring up that resolution from the website. Do you think that would be helpful? Yeah, okay. do that. So, um, okay, it only took me eight years to figure this out. So the way the current resolution is written, I have to go back and look at the previous year's capital improvement plan, which is a bricks and mortar infrastructure <coughs> budgeting plan, and calculate eligible projects to determine a number which equates to 2%, which the city commission may set aside for public art. Um, we've seen how that tends not to garner a lot of success, quite honestly. Um, and this year it would have been over $700,000, but it's just a dollar amount. And what I realize is that while that policy is visionary, it misses one thing, which is, what if we had a list of public art projects that we could then say the CIP is indicating X amount of dollars, we would like to implement these projects. Historically, these things are driven by the budget so that in other words, like the police station is a good example. We got $340,000 for that project. Um, Tom Marcus approved that in, in, back in the day and then the commission approved that. That was tied to a new building. That's an easy kind of thing to do is to say, okay, we do public art, this is a new building, let's celebrate it with public art. And in that case, I think we did a really good thing by putting it out in the public realm and not putting it inside. It's a public building, but it's not really a public building, if you get what I mean. So that's a great example of a, an effective approach and method and result. Um, so that's sort of the mentality, but the way the policy's written, that's, that's more of an approach with an ordinance. We have a resolution, so it's not a requirement, um, it's an option. Um, so anyway, what I'd love to do is get together with the public art committee and just start thinking about what sort of public art opportunities might be out there. Um, I'm sure you guys bump into people who have ideas and that type of thing. There are requirements and stipulations with capital improvement funding, so we have to stick with that. One is it has to stay in, in it has to be in existence for over 25, for 25 years. Um, so these have to be very well built, well constructed, all that kind of thing. So we have to think about that. Probably has a threshold of at least $100,000, which in the scheme of public art is not a huge budget. I know it sounds like a lot of money, but it's because a lot of that goes into the infrastructure for the art. Um, so that's, I just wanted to catch you up. And if, just to remind everybody um, about the policy, um, go down. Item C, so art in public places, visual art or spaces for performance art placed on public property selected by established procedures and approved by the Lawrence City Commission. So I just remind people it's not just public art, it's now that's pretty vague and broad. <laughs> um, but it, you know, with talking about music, I'm starting to see dots connecting where maybe a small theater or something, or even an intimate little theater. I've seen public art projects that honor a famous musician. So in the front, you see the bust of a person, but in the back, it's the hollow side where a guitarist could use that as a miniature amphitheater kind of thing. So those types of projects, which frankly, um, you may be familiar with, um, help me, Robbie from Kansas, the band. Steinhardt. Steinhardt, thank you. Wow, um, the, the rare The city commission appearance. is actually receiving a gift <laughs> from his foundation. He passed away, but his foundation, they've been very interested in, in Water Tower Park um, because he used to go play his violin up there. So that's the kind of thing where that seems like maybe 
an opportunity to pitch a project idea or something along those lines. We'd still have to go through a competitive process, but so that's what I'm percolating on and just want to get the committee together to start thinking that through. Well, Deanna B. Smith, reporter, uh, you'll be happy to know, skipping ahead a little bit to the, the uh, as-needed committee updates, that at the most recent public art committee meeting, we did discuss this, this exact same situation and the, the reality that I feel like it would be beneficial for us if we had sort of a, a roster of potential events or not uh, like projects lined up um, because that seems like feasibly the best way to actually start util using this funding if we have some feasible projects, proposals already prepared, and we just have them ready to go um, so that we can, we have some some clear goals for how to spend some of, some of that fund, those funds. Obviously that is a little bit different than how, you know, things are normally handled. Usually, you know, funding is made available and then you accept proposals and then, so it could be a little bit tricky just as far as you know, falling on probably on staff largely and then also, you know, partially on board members to actually try and put together some of those prospective projects, maybe engaging with folks in the community, letting them know that, that they can submit proposals even if even if there isn't like we have to be care that's this is the tricky part. It's it's a cart and horse issue. Is I don't want to solicit proposals for projects that may not happen. Um, unless we pay artists to do that and that's another then budget challenge. So it's not to say you can't do it, but I'm not sure that's the best way to proceed. So I think it's it's worth further conversation to figure out a good methodology. Yeah, cart, and, cart and horse is, is the perfect analogy because we, we literally need a bunch of carts prior to assigning horses to them. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I do think, yeah, I get what you're saying. We don't want people to put together a big elaborate proposal and have it never happen and just waste their time. But um, at least having people maybe, you know, Throw throw their their name in or, or throw in a, a, a you know a, a one a one sentence description of a project that that they're you know is just a uh, a dream on the horizon. It's it's less about this is part of the challenge with public art. I don't really want people to say, hey, you should do a fill in the blank sculpture in South Park. But I would love people to say, wouldn't it be great if we had a sculpture in South Park? See what I'm saying? So it's kind of we're not looking for specific ideas because that would be up to the artists. We're looking for those opportunities where an artist then can make a proposal based on that idea. Sure, so interesting. So maybe that's something where we'd, we'd want to do, try and collect some feedback from the community about what they want to see yeah. in their neighborhood or in their... Yeah, we've actually done conferences where um, we bring in an outside person and do a sort of introductory program to public art. We did this with public Project for Public Spaces years ago in St. Louis. And, um, and then go out with a group of people, which is actually really pretty funny, and do Imagine Art Here. Mm. And so we just have people mm. kind of get this feedback, all get on sort of the same page as to what is public art. And then you go around and just kind of look at sites and say, what, what, type, of, cool. what type of thing? Not mm -hmm. what do you want here, but what type of thing do you think would make sense here kind of thing. So, and that. that can be That's everything fun. from yeah. a gateway <laughs> So that might be something, you know, you guys have some extra funding this year. That might be something to consider. So that's what, that's what I'd love to do is sit down with that group and kind of think that through and see if maybe there's something we can do along those lines. I will add, too, we're working with Amanda Golden for the um, Parks Rec Arts and Culture Comp Plan, and she's actually looking at the resolution. I think she's going to make recommendations possibly to change that, too. So 
um, to bolster, you know, to do it more intentionally. If we're not on the public art committee, how do we best convey to the public art committee if we know of a, you know, project that would be a good fit? Did we email you? Yeah, I would say email Abby and me, okay. and we'll just, we'll start a list. I mean, we, you know, yep. it's right. that easy. If you guys have ideas, if people have suggested things, and I think this is one of those, you know, big, big crazy ideas are okay. Um, you know, I mean, there was talk about some, you know, could there be a gateway at K-10 where everybody comes in? Um, there's a piece of property there that I think that somebody was looking It's just, you know, the city could have this. There's some amazing examples in England of, I don't know if you've seen the Angel of the North, but an old mining town in England was like, we are dying because our mine is out, we have no other real industry. So they went and did a huge national competition and built, mm -hmm. Anthony Gormley did this incredible figure on a hill. Um, it's now a destination site. And so their whole economy has sort of grown up around a giant piece of public art. Gateshead, England did the same thing with a beautiful bust by Jean May Plenza um, of a young girl who was um, part of that mining community. So it's that kind of thing that uh, is pretty remarkable. So that's ginormous. That's like millions of dollars. That's up there with Cloudgate and, and you know, Chicago. Um, nice to have some private funding on those kinds of things. But then even to smaller things like we were talking about, as smaller sculptures or um, things along those lines. So That's great. Well, we will definitely, that, I think that will probably be the bulk of our next subcommittee meeting for public art, which um, is not not scheduled yet so we'll, we will have to maybe look at having a, an October public art subcommittee meeting because it seems like there is yeah, a lot let's of do that a lot of stuff to move on there um, is there anything else that the staff or any, anybody have any, any questions or comments about the 2% for the art um, resolution we've been talking about it a while it seems like we're finally starting to kind of like get the direction we want to go on it um, we have one more uh, thing in old business which is the Phoenix Awards update um, obviously, it's coming up next month on the fifteenth. Um, I don't. I am not on that subcommittee. Fourteenth. Oh, fifteenth. Sorry, four o'clock. Fifteenth. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, so um, I am not sure if anybody else wants to give any any updates pertaining to the Phoenix Awards. I have kind of a big update. Yeah. All right. All right. Go so. ahead, Dina. Yeah, this is Dina Amat. So um, I have uh, a lot of, on behalf of, I'm speaking on behalf of Mary and Jill, who um, both couldn't be here tonight. So I'm going to try to do the best I can with a lot of notes and uh, details. So first of all, um, Sunday, October 15th at 4 p.m. at Theodore Lawrence. It's probably not on your calendar, <laughs> Brooke, but you could put it on now. And actually, if um, just a reminder to everybody, we would love to have all the uh, Cultural Arts Commission commissioners there. You'll be introduced. Um, uh, even if you're not there, we'll probably say your name. Um, but we'd, we need some help, too, some, just some hands-on help, and I'll go through that in just a minute. Let me just kind of give you a quick rundown. Um, it's at Theodore Lawrence. Um, Mary is going to be the MC, and, um, and then uh, uh, Daniel's going to speak also. We have our keynote speaker is going to be the new director. Um, it seems like the uh, cultural... Uh, Creative Arts Industries Commission has been coming up a lot tonight. So the new director, Curtis um, Young, is going to be our keynote speaker. Um, Tony Brew um, is scheduled to just give brief remarks about the awards and her um, 
her thinking and creative process behind creating those. Um, and Rebecca's students from her class are working on the videos for each of the um, featured recipients. So they're working on that. I don't have an update from Rebecca. Um, I don't know if I've you've talked heard. to a few of the award awardees who have told me they've done video interviews. So it's, okay. it's in process. Okay. Yeah, they interviewed. sent logos and, and things that they needed. Yeah, they interviewed me Monday, and oh, they, uh, I think, interviewed Mike Jones on Tuesday morning. Oh, good. Okay. So I know that's, I don't, I'm not sure, like, exactly where they're at with that, but I know they're working on it. Um, and then Porter and uh, Mayor uh, Larson are going to um, give the awards, right? Um, and Carefully. Carefully, right? Very carefully. Um, there was some talk about asking the... Uh, award recipients if they wanted to say a few words about that. Yeah, I just know that in 2019, Jan Warrington gave a really compelling speech. It wasn't required, but she just had some brilliant words to say, which was nice. So I was going back in my memory banks. I think what we'll do is I'll offer to the awardees. The nominees we don't hear from. Mm -hmm. They've done their work. Right. Um, the awardees, though, we'll, give it, we'll make it optional. So okay. if they want to say just a if few they remarks. Want to. We're not going to get into speeches, but just right. a few remarks. If they want to. Okay. But they can also just receive the award and be, and be done. And say thank you and move on. Um, let's see. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we need here? One thing I didn't get a good update on, our goal was to have the postcards ready to hand out to commissioners at tonight's meeting. So Mary and I have been talking a lot because she's prepping to get out of town. They were hoping they would arrive at Theodore Lawrence today, and I talked to Steve Fent at 5 p.m., oh, and, and they hadn't arrived yet. Okay. So we're going to keep tracking that. As soon as they come in, I'll grab them and figure out a way to get them to you guys. Um, so you can start handing those out. I would anticipate either tomorrow Probably or Friday. Probably extremely soon. Yeah, we were hoping yeah. to get them today. So since I didn't see them here, I figured they were delayed. So um, okay. I was just saying, you know, you can holler at me. I mean, my my office is like oh two blocks from oh, okay. Lawrence. So rather than you going down and back, maybe we could work something out. Yeah, I'll let you know. And if you um, if you have an opportunity and can just get them to the parks office, um, you know, and maybe even keep some and sure. Anybody's out in that neck of the woods, they can come and grab them from you. Yeah. So just kind of do a, a network option there. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then uh, the press release has gone out. And um, let's see. So a few a few minor details. So we need some greeters in the lobby, um, and to maybe hand out programs. And where's my little notes here? And maybe also to help with serving food. Um, Mary arranged for um, uh, for uh, for food, but we're, she wasn't quite sure if um, if they were going to do the serving or not, or if we had to do the serving ourselves. So we may end up having to do that. Evidently, Old Chicago has um, has a new uh, catering division, so we're going with them. Um, so we would love to have you all there and um, give you some jobs to do when you come, sure. when you show up. Um, wine. I recall we were talking about 
asking for some, trying to get some wine. What, what's, yes, what's I, the I considered sending that? an email, but I decided I would just wait and, and talk about it in, in person this meeting. So I, I did talk to Alicia over at Corkinborough, um, and she is happy to give us a similar, the same rate that, that we've gotten in the past, which is like a wholesale rate Great. on on a, some some excellent box wine. I even tried that box wine that, that you recommended, and it was good. So we do need to <laughs> make some wine, wine selections, but I think we can confer over email about what exactly we want to get, and I think it will be uh, it'll it'll work within our, our budget. So. Okay, and then who and then how, who, do we need to get somebody to go get that, or I, I, should, I, can I, we email I can, about that and figure I can figure transport that. Board the wine as well. So okay, all right. So you've got that covered then. Yeah, awesome. Let's Thank consider you. Consider it done. Okay, we'll consider it done. And then um, Mary had a, a note um, about should we um, should we contact Sunflower Rental to to uh, rent glasses for wine, or do y'all think like plastic glasses are okay? I know these are kind of minor details here, but. Is it protocol if you have boxed wine that you should? <laughs> we, we have, yes, and, and not even wine glasses, just the cup. Yes. The whole wine fancy. thing has changed drastically. <laughs> so we'll nix the fancy glasses then and maybe just get some plastic glasses. Okay. Um, let's see. What other things do we need to talk about? I think. I think that's about it. Porter, am I forgetting anything? No, the main thing was remember? volunteers, and of course, one of the big things is always clean up clean after up, the right. event. Mm -hmm. So if people have the time and can give a little extra labor, um, I think it'll it'll be a nice event. Mary always really takes it, it takes it very earnestly and does a nice job. So. This would be a great opportunity to break out those name tags, um, and I will make sure you have one, Brooke. Oh, I, that's a great I idea. have one. I just need to print out the little insert, um, and I right really, right I should do that for everyone because we've gone through rebranding yeah, as City, and so, oh, no. and it's just a piece of paper that you slide in there. So I just need to get the sizing in. So maybe next meeting I'll have a bunch of little slips of paper for everybody, but I'll make sure you get a name tag. Uh, either at this event if you're able to come or we can meet beforehand. I think our next meeting is just the Wednesday before, is it, right? Is yeah. that right? It's on the 11th. Yeah, so yeah. if, if okay. we're gonna be here at that meeting, we can we can touch on some last minute details and get our new name tags. Yep. So. And one other thing, Abby did a great job today of putting together all the nominations into one document. And we're sending that information to the Lawrence Times and the Lawrence Journal world, along with the press release. So if they wanted to do something, Great. reach out to the artist, um, they could do that. So we're really trying to promote it that way, too, and get some good stories out there. I think, I'm pretty sure the Times is going to do something. Um, they did a really nice job on Nick's event, so it's great that they're sort of filling that, that realm. Um, and, of course, the Journal world hopefully would, would yeah. possibly do that, too. So getting it out there. And I know the city is promoting it on social media. And I love, it's so funny, because Tony dropped off the awards, and we did a photo shoot with Taylor Ma, who's our yeah, local photographer. Yeah, I've got this picture up and here. 
we didn't know what quite to do, so we did this, which was fun, and that's what we've been using. But they've been using the one where Abby said, let me just hold it. Yeah, it's Come like, we were like, what do we do? And so it's like, it's just the hands, and like, because the, there's <laughs> suns in the sky. There's sun in the yeah. sky. It's, it's really worked out well. It's just like, yeah, we were out in idea. South Park. This is against the uh, gazebo bandstand because yeah, it has that gorgeous red paint. Yeah. So anyway, these are just the coolest. And I don't know if you can see, but she's customized them. It says Phoenix Awards 2023 on their like little blush. Mark, so these are just the coolest. That's great. Yeah, I love the awards, all the, the pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you for that uh, update, Dina. Yeah, so that was a that was a, a monster of an update. I don't know if anybody else has any any questions or comments about the upcoming 2023 Phoenix Awards. Just a thank you to the committee. Yeah. You all are mm, doing thanks. a great job. That's a lot of work. So I appreciate that. Your details in there. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right, that'll bring us to the end of old business and on to the committee updates as needed, which is a little bit funny because we kind of touched on all three committees already. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody else has any other committee-related things to discuss. We, we really did kind of go in-depth on all three of them. Um, um, before oh. we close out committee, could I just clarify? I just thought about with the community arts grants, we had that deadline September 22nd. If that changes, will you just update us via email? Because I think, were we opening the community arts grants next week? Yeah, I think, well, actually, we're looking at the 15th. I was like, there's just no way we can do it. So let, let, yeah, pause. Okay. I'm going to shoot for that. I think we can do it. Yeah, I think Abby so. and I haven't, had, there's been a lot of craziness with mm -hmm. right away permits in our office. Um, so you and I need to touch base yeah. and see when we can do that. We'll try to get it out as soon as we cool. can so that gets cooking. And it'll, you'll just email it to the yes. body. Great. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Um, so actually, wait a minute. You know what? I just thought of something. Um, we haven't talked budget because the budget just passed two mm -hmm. weeks ago, mm -hmm. city commission. So you have the same budget this year that you had last year. Um, well, I guess we don't have to talk budget, do we, before the, the application goes out. Sorry, I was just thinking in my mind. Right. But actually, so we need to make sure that we mm -hmm. put budget on the next on um, agenda uh, October. items so yeah. that you guys can decide how you want to parse out that money and how much money would be available in the community arts grants. Yep. Okay, thanks. Sorry, I just clicked. No, that's great. Yeah, it'll be a great item for our October meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, after our committee updates, as always, we have the important miscellany section. Uh, beginning with, uh, we have a, a little bolt on here for me to give any updates on the recommendations regarding boards and commissions committee, which I serve on. Um, there is not really any, any new information. I was not able to go to the last meeting that we that was held because I had a health board meeting to attend. Um, and I, that was maybe gonna be the last one, but then it wasn't, it's not gonna be the last one. There's gonna be a, a subsequent meeting. Um, so the final recommendations um, have not yet gone to the city commission, um, but you can you can read all about that stuff on the internet or ask me if you have any questions, but mm -hmm. we're gonna have another meeting and sort of try and finalize some specific details pertaining to our recommendations for a couple of the, uh, the committees <coughs> and boards. But the recommendation regarding the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission um, is, is not going to change, so. Um, we also have a bullet point for the Parks, Recreation, Arts, Culture, and Comprehensive Plan if nobody has any questions about the committee committee stuff, which I assume nobody does. I've talked about it way too much. <laughs> so, Porter, do you have any updates on the plan? 
So yeah, um, we met with the, so I've been meeting regularly with Amanda Golden. She's been reaching out to various people. Um, we gave her a, a list and I pulled a lot from the cultural plan um, list, but other folks as well. So she's doing individual interviews with people and getting a lot of really good feedback and information from that. And she's working closely, obviously, with Confluence. Confluence, I unfortunately was able, not able to attend the Parks Board meeting, um, but Confluence is, I think, coming back at the end of October for the next sort of round community engagement. They're going to launch their ETC survey, which is specific to what they're doing um, community-wide. So there's going to be a, a push there and some community engagement opportunities, both for the overarching plan, but then also <coughs> arts and culture side of things. So that's coming up. Certainly, we'll keep you guys posted. And if, if I may be so bold, I'm going to jump to just the next thing, which is um, as part of that indirectly, I'm giving an unmistakable identity presentation at next Tuesday's city commission meeting. Hmm. You cycle through every um, few months. We decided arts and culture was a great topic, um, given where we are and what's going on. So what I plan to do is kind of just give the overarching background of the arts and culture uh, of arts and culture in Lawrence which starts with the Art Commission which was established in 1973 um, and then sort of work my way forward up to the comp plan and talk about things that are happening there Kim Onspach is going to come and present about arts and culture tourism and how valuable that is. And then Nick Carswell, who you met tonight, um, if you didn't know him before, is going to give a similar presentation so that he's caught up with them on what's going on with that. The other thing I'm going to do, I appreciate Marlo's words. When I first came here in 2015, I was very interested in creative arts industries, which of course is what's happened to the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. Happily, over a lot of time, a lot of that has evolved in a good way, and it does tie back to local economics, state economics, regional, et cetera. Um, and I will say, and you guys have heard me say, you know, when I was in Kansas City, we were really looking at how do you um, um, entice, retain, and steal talent, young creative talent. And if you haven't been to a uh, first Friday in, in the crossroads, I encourage you to go, because it just it's a different world over mm -hmm. there. So I dare say that was very successful. So I was really interested in how is that affecting our ecosystem all the way to Topeka, because you have this I-70 corridor, but then we're on the K-10 leg. Lawrence has always had a very big um, creative sort of reputation and, and identity in the broader community. But Lawrence has also been somewhat isolated because it's far enough away from the metro that it doesn't have to respond, so to speak. With what's happening in, Panasonic, in DeSoto and Panasonic, I'm really curious, how is that ecosystem going to start changing? You guys have heard me say, what does Lawrence sort of want to put its stake in the ground uh, related to arts and culture? I'm going to bring that up again and show just a map and some of the data that I had collected before. I think I can work with um, Britt Cromcano on that, and they can actually update some of that information, because Americans for the Arts stopped doing that. Um, unfortunately, but I think it's still really interesting information. Then we have both the nonprofit side and the for-profit side, which is very intriguing. So anyway, if you can tune in, it, it won't be a terribly long presentation, and it'll be recorded so you can see it later as well. I just think it's helpful to kind of get us all on the same page, mm -hmm. and uh, especially the city commission as we work on the comp plan. Thank you. When is that again? The Next Tuesday's Tuesday. city commission meeting. Right. And it'll be on, the, the agenda will come out tomorrow afternoon, so you can actually see the presentation that I've put together for that. Hmm. I'm just wondering, how many, have uh, any of you guys talked to Amanda yet? No, I have a meeting on Monday with Amanda. Okay. 
I, I, I missed my appointment, and I just wanted to make sure I, it didn't get calendared on my work calendar. And um, their automated system doesn't send out any reminders. So when you first sign up, you better make sure oh. you have that through all of your calendars because, yeah. you know, they don't have it designed to, like, say, say hey, we're going to meet in two days. Right. So okay. you have contact for her to reach out and reschedule. I rescheduled. Oh, I just okay. I just went back out to the link and rescheduled. Oh, good. Okay. I, I was just okay. doing that here tonight. I, she's um, been really earnest, and I know she's really she's really appreciative of these opportunities. Yeah. And yes, all of you are on that list. Actually, Brooke, I, I'll throw you in there and see if we can't get you on that um, as well. Um, so and of course, this is the initial community engagement right. with individual interviews. You guys can participate in the other community engagement as well. All right, that'll bring us to the last item on miscellany, which is sharing of community events. This is always, it's always the last thing, and then I feel like we're always really tired. But um, I mean, I'll always kick things off with art in the park, which is coming mm -hmm. up this weekend. It's a pretty big two-day event. I'll be there for my job, but I'll also just be there. So um, hopefully, I assume, I assume other people in this room have heard of that. Um, if there are any other community events that you've recently gone to, or that um, you're planning on going to, Feel free to let us know about them. We have a great jazz documentary showing Friday night. It's called Kansas City Dreamin', and we're having live jazz music by Chalice O'Neill, who's an incredible trumpet player, and a filmmaker Q&A. And we have three new exhibits open at the Art Center, which are phenomenal. So I encourage everyone to go check those out. One of them is about Hank Williams' 100th mm. birthday, and we have a concert later this month. And then we have In This Body I Preserve, which is a wonderful BIPOC group show. So come on out and see them. Last night I went to the, um, oh, it's like the Friends of the Lead, kind of their annual kickoff, and they had um, a gentleman perform, his name's Xavier Foley. I don't know if you've seen this guy, but he's, he's probably the best um, double bass player, I mean, possibly in the world. And he gave, uh, he's, he's temporarily in Kansas City. But um, has some connections to Kansas, and he gave a performance last night. And it's just—it's amazing to me what the young, from my perspective, since I'm old, but the, the young generation is doing with classical yeah. chamber music, and how they're completely turning it upside down. And it was—it was just fascinating to watch him tear up that bass. It was so good. Yeah. Not an event, but have we been around for 50 years? Is this our 50 year? You said 73. So it's 23, 50 years. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday. <laughs> Somebody's doing math in here. Stop. Yeah. I was like, I was like, it's 89. Yeah. No, so. we have to, I can't remember the, the month, but um, yes. You should say something the at original, Phoenix. That would be fun. Original wow, resolution that was in 1973. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, it was a gorgeous. great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, we'll have to look at that and see how we can use that to our advantage. Yeah, oh, that's cool. I have something. It's it takes place in Topeka, so maybe I, so maybe it doesn't count, but it does feature a local filmmaker. So um, if you missed the movie, the film Garden City um, by Bob Hurst um, at the Free State Festival. Um, there will be a showing of it on Tuesday, this coming up Tuesday, September 19th at 4 p.m., 4 to 6.30 on the uh, Washburn campus. Um, you might have to tune into the recording of Porter later, but um, 
I'm trying to figure out if I have where it is. If you're interested in, if you haven't seen that film, you need to see it. It's excellent. It's excellent. You need, definitely need to see it. Um, and I don't have the exact location, but it's on the Washburn campus. Um, but did somebody have something yesterday, or my? Um, Will from the Watkins said that they're screening it, but I don't recall oh, cool. the date. Yeah, it was in October. Oh, I'd heard it. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I've heard this. So there's something. At the Watkins. I Watkins Museum. Okay. Check yep. the Watkins website. Okay. I think they're yep. doing a screening as well. Yep. But it's an incredible documentary. And yep. if you've ever been to Garden City or know anything about the immigrant population and just the whole story of the white nationalists terrorist plot that was overthrown is just fascinating and it's wow. really well told. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to screen it. Uh, oh, there you go. So you don't even have to go to Topeka. There we go. On the 22nd oh. at 7 o'clock. Oh, cool. mm -hmm. okay. oh, there you go. Two opportunities to see a great film. Next. Yeah. Not this Friday, but next. No, wait. Yeah. I had a moment there. <laughs> Cool. Right, so, yeah, two showings next week, so don't miss it. All right, great. Well, it seems like we have reached the end of our agenda for the evening. Um, so unless anybody complains, I will move to, uh, I will accept a motion to adjourn. Our, our next meeting will be October 11th, and, uh, and obviously we'll have some Phoenix Award postcard stuff in between now and then. Um, but uh, anybody, if everyone wants to stay all night, obviously that's always fine, but um, <laughs> if somebody wants to motion to adjourn, I will accept that. This is Tim, so moved. Thank you, Tim. Can I get a second? Second. Oh, go ahead. This is Brooke. I second. Thank you, Brooke. Uh, it's been moved and seconded and all that stuff, and now we can all go home. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for volunteering Thank you, Marciana. Thank you, Marciana. We don't want to forget you. We appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you to uh, our staff. Thank you to um, Kurt, as always, and we will see you, Thank you here next month. Same time, same place. That's right. Great. Bye. I was trying to think, did you, did you ask Marciana for her vote each time? I did. Okay, yeah. I was just <laughs> for, for a brief minute, I'm like, wait a minute, it seems like it's been really quiet. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it, 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 it is easy to forget sometimes people are on Zoom, but Marciana is, is, is regular about, about her remote joining, so. Yeah, it's it keeps me on my toes, keeps me from forgetting. So. That's right. See you, Marcia. Awesome. Thank See you. Ya. Bye. Bye.